The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Hey, it's Brandon. Before we start the show today, I just wanted to that in this episode, there's going to be a lot of talk about depression, anxiety, suicide, all that lovely kind of stuff. So if that's something you don't want to hear about or deal with right now, then you can go ahead and skip this episode. And anytime you feel like you need help, the phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Never feel that you're beyond help or you don't deserve help. Also, since I'm talking about uh, this stuff a lot, I don't have a guest for this episode. And that's not really because uh, this song is something that is super personal or I didn't want to share it. With anybody, it's just because I didn't want to put all of these sort of thoughts and feelings onto somebody else who's sitting there listening, being like, oh, geez, uh, <laughs> don't uh, pulling my collar, don't know what to say here. Ooh. So if that's going to put you off too, then, you know, go ahead and you can come back to this later or skip it, whatever. Or you just don't want to hear me in my dulcet tones uh, ramble on for an entire episode with no break then you know there's always that going too so let's go ahead and jump into this super fun episode hey welcome to season two episode 12 of the better band podcast an all-encompassing trip through the pearl jam catalog i'm your host brandon palomo Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. So here we are. We're at the end of verses. We've traveled along with our five buddies from Seattle. Now we're here at the end with a song that is uh, primarily composed by Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard. Yes, I do alternate between Ament and Ament throughout this podcast. And uh, at the very end of this show of all Better Band podcast, after I've gone through every single track, count and see which way, how many times I say it ament, and how many times I say it ament, and it will reveal a special message. But what we do have is uh, Jeff, what's his name, uh, with his stand-up fretless bass, laying down the basis of the song, and Stone Gossard laying down the melodic lead uh, across the song. And uh, then you have Mike, you know, kind of fooling around with the Ebo and delay, making uh, little sounds and stuff. I believe Brandon O'Brien is, I should probably look this up and not just say I believe. And as far as I can tell, I took a little break there to uh, check the internet. Uh, nobody knows, but I guess uh, I'm going to assume since he uh, plays the organ on Better Man, that he is also lending his uh, ivory tickling to this track as well. This song premiered live at the Missoula, Montana show on June 16th, 93, uh, that I mentioned that they also played Glorified G, an elderly woman, for the first time. 
Also, they debuted their cover of Fucking Up. And that day, uh, June 16th, 1993, was also my 14th birthday. Hey, now. The only time I've seen this song uh, live, though, is on their Lightning Bolt tour, their Oakland uh, 2013 show. They closed the show with it. This song is a frequent closer, uh, just like it is with the album, probably because it's such a downer. There's really no way to follow it back up and to uh, lift everybody back up again. You're you're left to leave and just sort of shamble out, being like, oh, man, what do I do now? Oh, all my, my energy is gone. I'm exhausted. It's sort of leaves you to contemplate... Uh, the rest of of your life maybe i don't know frequently winnie's around i guess uh ben harper is a guest vocalist on the song uh, most notably in 2009 there was a whole string when they were playing indifference and ben harper uh showed up and sang a lot on that song uh, the song is also on the 2001 holiday single with ben harper singing along with them so when i get to the uh I believe when I get to the Riot Act season uh, in early 2021, uh, that song won't be included there because I would have already talked about it here. And uh, I guess it is time to talk about it now that I got all of the sort of facts and everything out of the way. song came out at least in the versions that i had the vinyl and the cd the lyrics for the song weren't in it if you did happen to have the cassette though the lyrics were in there so lucky you but eddie does sing with a very clear intention in this song uh the added reverb a little bit kind of gives you a sense that uh he's sort of alone in a room with his thoughts and feelings However, uh, it does sound a little bit like it's a, it's a production reverb and not really a, a room sound as if uh, he's actually there in a room with you and with the rest of the band. So it is very easy to understand the lyrics and sort of get what he's saying in this. It's, it's basically the chorus line of it. How much difference does it make? How much difference... Does it make how much difference does it make? Um, and then uh, singing it uh, with three syllables there, how much difference does it make? Saying it with three syllables, sort of giving it more heft and more weight to it, uh, pausing between all those sounds instead of just slurring it to difference also bringing up the notion of the word deference or defer how much deference does it make uh to defer you know meaning to postpone you know wait 
for something, uh, also meaning to defer to someone. If you're submitting to someone, deferring to someone's wisdom, deferring to their will. Eddie, in an interview, I believe, said something along the lines of the lyrics to this song. He wanted to, uh, to do something to make other people's lives better than they are, even if it means going through hell. Three faces of me, which could be a reference uh, in that interview that he uh, gave that statement to the Three Faces of Eve uh, film, possibly with uh, Joanne Woodward, or possibly the R.L. Stein book, Three Faces of Me. Probably not, uh, seeing as how that book uh, came out in 2012, but maybe R.L. Stein was uh, inspired by that. Uh, statement who knows if he's a uh, huge Pearl Jam fan or not most likely it's the I believe Japanese saying or belief that uh, people have three faces a face you show the world a face you show to your friends or family and then a face that no one else has ever seen a face that is the true you where that fits into wanting to make the world a better place or wanting to help other people to save them i don't know but there you have the intended meaning the original meaning behind the song a sort of self-sacrifice wanting to possibly martyr oneself or take on the burdens that someone else can't carry themselves in order to try to improve things make things better it sort of reminds me of catcher in the rye written by jd salinger a uh, misattributed quote he adds into the book saying the mark of the immature man is that he wants to die nobly for a cause, while the mark of a mature man is that he wants to live humbly for one. And as you get into the second and third verse is the part where depressed teenage Brandon sort of glommed onto those uh, words and those images, evocations of self-harm and... And the illusion that that will do something, that that will accomplish something in the greater scheme of things, in the grander scope of the universe where you don't matter at all. So maybe some good can come of this pain that you always feel inside and you can, you can bring other people out of it by using that as a uh, proverbial proverbial uh, coat thrown on a muddy puddle for someone else to walk over. The earliest memory that I have is I am no older than probably six, seven years old. I'm in my grandparents' house, uh, my father's side in California, where uh, I was born and Grew up through, I believe, first grade or so until I moved, uh, you know, to Reno, Nevada, where I am right now, or Sparks, which is, you know, city right next to it, but pretty much the same thing. And what I remember is it's probably Christmas time. I'm wearing a coat, and right by the front door, there is a mirror that I guess you can sort of look at yourself and check how you look before you leave and go off to present yourself to the world. I'm looking in that mirror, and I'm small, I'm a kid. I'm looking in that mirror, and I see myself, and I think, it's like, I hate that person. That is not a good person. I I, I hate me. I, I just don't like what's going on with this whole thing that I'm seeing in the mirror. 
and I'm so young, and that attitude has been with me for pretty much the whole of my life, that depression, that self-loathing, that just hunger for some sort of self-annihilation, for just anything, all of this to be over. And while self-harm was never really my bag, per se, uh, at least in a cutting sort of sense, I, I, I have done some other stuff where, you know, immediately afterwards, just sort of like, ow, that hurts. That's a mistake. I don't want to do that. Uh, I can understand how being overwhelmed by those feelings of depression and utter hopelessness and indifference to life can make you want to induce some sort of physical pain in order to wake yourself up in order to try to snap yourself out of it, you know, pinching yourself to, to, to try to wake yourself up from this dream, this unescapable nightmare reality of existence that is never ceasing and always full of pain and despair. And you grow up and you get older and you change and sometimes things don't change. I mean, how many people still see themselves as younger than they actually are. They feel, you know, I'm supposed to be an adult, but I'm just the same as I was when I was a teenager or something. I mean, I don't have any idea how to do this stuff, how to be an adult, how to go through the rest of the world like it seems everybody else does, you know? I mean, how can I be this old? How can I be in my 30s, my 40s, you know? It's, I, 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 I don't feel any older in my head, at least, you know, my joints maybe, or, you know, my stomach if I eat, you know, some bad stuff or I can't drink like I used to do, something like that. And sometimes you get tired of living like that, of feeling like that, and you have to get help and you have to help yourself or you've found yourself in a situation where there are other people around you who are able to help you and, you know, you, you can't turn that away no matter how much you think that Either you have to do this yourself, that nobody else is going to be able to take any of this weight off your shoulders. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to be independent. Ultimately, it's you that has to live with yourself. But you do have other people around you. And the worst thing I could possibly imagine, my greatest fear right now at this point in my life is that my child somehow maybe not somehow i mean it's it's genetics it's there's a possibility there that she is going to have some sort of depression when she gets older and that is like my greatest fear in the whole world that you know i've condemned her to this fate that has almost taken me and that's not even taking into account the way that the world is right now and the fact that it's going to get worse as far as climate change and violence and the economics of the world and politically the turmoil that everything is in. And, you know, is this, is America still going to be a democracy this time, you know, five years from now, let alone when she's able to vote or drive or anything like that? And the impulse, my immediate instinct is to want to 
be able to in some way take any sort of pain, any sort of trouble and heap it onto myself to be able to, to take it and just inject myself with that poison because I believe that I can take it. I've had all this darkness in my life before and you know, what's some more, just pile it on, just throw it all on top of me. Let me be this pack animal that can do this for you. You know, it's something that all parents probably feel and except if you're one of those people who are like, well, back in my day, I had to suffer. So you have to suffer too. My parents spanked me. My parents hit me. So I should do it to my kids. I should pass the suffering on. I should pay it forward in some dark, Hammurabian eye for an eye universe of blind people. And so ultimately, how much difference does it make if you live or if you die, if there's no one here that's going to mourn you, if there are people who are going to miss you and love you, but you're not here to experience that. I mean, your whole existence has become null and void. There's no way for you to perceive of other people's suffering, so there's no way that that can possibly exist on some sort of theoretical, uh, philosophical level. But when you think about it, you're not alone ever, really. You have other people who have had these experiences, other people who have shared, other people who can imagine what it feels like to be in this sort of situation. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and if you've listened to Pearl Jam's music, you have things that you relate to you where you're like, oh, Eddie's speaking to me. He's speaking for me. I thought I was the only one that felt this way, that felt this deep, dark pain, that felt this loss of, of love, that felt wronged by the world, that felt like I was then a rat, then vermin, or whatever else you get from the songs. Uh, the point is that there are people who have felt this way and there are people who find a connection in this music that are everywhere be they on a message board or listening to a podcast or we're just out in the world doing their day-to-day -day business driving to and from work or maybe even are just out on the streets who are living the even flow lifestyle all of this is to remind us that there are other people out there who can be connected to, who can be within reach of your heart. When you're hurt, when you've uh, been wounded, you're supposed to put pressure on it to try to stop the bleeding. You know, you, you create a stop in order to get the platelets working and stuff. You try to protect yourself. And emotionally, when you are wounded, there's that same instinct to just crawl into yourself, to be a hermit crab, to try to make sure that other people stay away so that you don't catch an infection. You're trying to stop the wound from bleeding more emotional blood, ichor, black bile, any of the other humors you can think of. But there are no psychic platelets, that wound can only be filled by other people, by kindness, by love. And so you need to get everybody around you. You need to hug them. You need to gather them up. 
in order to stop that wound. And the question isn't how much difference does it make, it's how much of a difference are you going to make? How are you going to make the world better? How are you going to make other people's lives better, easier? Because we all struggle and we all have shitty days and shitty weeks and shitty months. And you may not be aware of what somebody else is going through at any given moment. But do you really want to contribute to their situation or do you want to leave them better than you found them? Just smile and say hi or hold the door open for somebody. Get in the way of bad behavior that you see. Let somebody else know that you're there and that you care for them even if they're a stranger. I mean, people matter. They matter to someone and, you know, why not let them matter to you? I've only met a handful of people. I've only talked to a limited number of people on this podcast who I've interviewed and talked to and stuff. But, you know, if you've never talked to me, if you've never had an interview or whatever like that on this podcast before or something like that, and, you know, you're feeling down and you need to know that there's somebody who cares, you know, I care, I'll care. Go ahead and email me, DM me, Twitter, whatever, you know, and I'll 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 be there for you. I'll 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 let you know that there's someone who cares. I'll care. You're a person, you're important, you're you're a good human being, hopefully, probably. <laughs> I mean, as long as you know you're not a serial killer or something. And if you are, maybe stopping is the first step you can take. But I don't know. I'm not a therapist or a professional in any capacity or anything. I'm just, you know, another person like you who, you know, might know, might have some inkling of, you know, what you're going through and at least take some solace or take some strength in knowing that you can get through this and that you can go through a whole bunch and be able to, to make it through, be able to climb up after you've hit rock bottom. There's a ton of people out there who have done it. And I think it's important and it's brave when other people share their stories uh, of going through and dealing with, you know, either mental health struggles or uh, substance abuse or that sort of stuff, seeing how other people can have maybe had it way worse than you or who, you know, have only scratch the surface, but they're trying and they're, they're doing it to some degree, you know, maybe they're not perfect at it, but you know, no one's perfect. And it's always a process and you have to progress in order to make it through. So I don't know. I don't know what the point of this episode was. It's, it's not a, uh, it's not a real comedy filled one, but you know, it's a real, it's a real downer, sort of like the, uh, the way this song ends the album too. Um, it's just a real downer, but Hey, this podcast is free, so it's a bargain. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on and talking. If you've been a guest and, uh, thanks for the interactions on social media or email. And I've had therapy and I'm on medication and have also done my own work in reading uh, different books and have also just tried to work through 
the stuff that I've learned. And that's, you know, a real important part of getting through and trying to, you know, not only live life, but trying to work through your own uh, mental health sort of struggles is actually doing the hardest thing in the world, which is trying to change and trying to make yourself better. And I'm not always completely kicking its ass. Sometimes it's more of a draw or sometimes I'm really bloody and like Rocky at the end of the first Rocky movie. But, you know, you you get up and you put on the raw steak under your face and you, you know, get ready for the next fight and you try to just do it all over again, knowing that, you know, you you can can make a difference you can change you can come up with a third thing because threes work really nice but just take care of yourselves out there because you matter and you're important and i'll be back next week if you are The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Paloma and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from shoutengine.com slash the Better Band Podcast using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I am also on Twitter at Brandon P at B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and as always, this is Brandon saying, One Ocean Tango, we are in pursuit of a speeding individual driving a red car, license number, eggplant Xerxes crybaby overbite narwhal.